Well, hello and welcome to the Growth Adventure Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. I'm excited to say we have a first today. We not only have three people uh, here chatting with each other, but we actually have two brothers. So I am uh, privileged and pleased to welcome Kent Kramer, who is CEO and President of Goodwill of Central and Southern Indiana, and Greg Kramer, who is Regional Vice President, Midwest Region for FCCI Insurance. So welcome, Greg and Kent. Good morning. Hello. First question right off the top for all the parents out there. What did your parents do to end up with uh, two children who have been incredibly successful in their chosen careers? I'll go first since I'm the oldest, but I, I, should, <laughs> take, I should take charge here. And I think Kent will probably echo some of this sen sentiment. We were really blessed with two sets of grandparents that I think were very influential in, in our lives. In particular, our dad's parents. I look at someone like Poppy, who was our grandfather, and the influence he had in our life. And it really started with observing how he treated anyone that he came across in his life. Uh, Kent, wouldn't you say that was a big influence on us? Absolutely. I would also, you learn from your parents. Our parents were divorced when we were really young, and there were there are three of us. We've got a younger brother, Keith, but from our parents, I've always looked at our, our dad, at learning from him, the value of hard work, tremendous work ethic. And then from our mom, just the value of relationship building. And like our grandfather, very accepting of, of everyone. So we saw the importance of hard work and also the importance of building relationships as part of how to be successful in life. Well, so first, I wasn't going to ask who's older. So Greg, thank you for your honesty. Uh, and, and second, for the listeners out there, as Kent and Greg were both speaking, the other was nodding along. So there isn't brotherly dispute as far as the yeah. answers. If this wasn't a audio broadcast, it would be obvious who was the oldest. So maybe. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, well, in, in fairness, I know both of you. And while I had suspicions, I wasn't going to come out with it. So I don't know. I don't know. Kent's hairline is starting to catch up to mine there a little bit. You know. Again, this is audio only. So listeners, they're both very uh, fit and active individuals. No judgment here. So transitioning a little bit. So obviously both of you are, are leaders of large organizations. Greg, you have a huge responsibility from a P&L standpoint for the Midwest region of a large insurance company. And Ken, Goodwill, even though this podcast isn't just restricted to Central Indiana, it's a nationwide organization, but it's very independently run as far as the regions that are served. And here in Central Indiana, we've been fortunate as a community that the Goodwill in our region has not just thrived, but has expanded and been able to increase impact. So I, I guess I'm curious for, for both of you, and Ken, we'll start with you here. At what point in your leadership journey did you realize nonprofit leadership was the route that you wanted to take? And then Greg, same question for you. At, at what point did you realize not just insurance was what you were passionate about, but that you wanted to transition from day-to-day -day operational responsibilities to more of a, a leadership role? So Kemp, we'll, we'll start with you there. Yeah. So Andrew, I've been in November, it'll be 19 years at Goodwill. And prior to Goodwill, my background was retail. I spent several years at Walmart through the Sam's Club division, and then a couple of years at Kmart. And the uh, couple of years at Kmart were some tough years. The, the uh, organization had gone through bankruptcy. The CEO had been indicted. And I was kind of always looking over my shoulder because I was a fairly new guy as a regional manager here in Indiana. And really 
what got my foot in the door at Goodwill was my retail background. They were looking for a vice president of retail to run the division here in Indiana. And for me, it was retail that got my foot in the door. I really didn't know much uh, about nonprofits and it was really a job. I have four kids and a mortgage, so I wanted to make sure that was taken care of. But I will say it was just a couple of weeks in where I really realized I'd landed someplace special. When I started meeting some of the folks that we employ and serve, and specifically Greg and I are from Muncie, that's where we grew up. And that's part of our territory. It's part of my territory with Kmart too. But when I went into the Goodwill in Muncie, we've got two now, but at the time had the one, I ran into one of my old classmates. His name uh, was Mike and I were managers on the basketball team together. And I never knew what happened to Mike. He's got cerebral palsy. And I just never knew really what happened to him. After high school, I left, went on to school and, and really never came back to live in Muncie. But when I saw Mike, there he was. He had been working for 15 years at Goodwill. I never thought Mike would drive, but Goodwill helped him get his license, helped him get his own apartment, and really helped him find self-sufficiency, which talking to his parents later, they never thought would happen. So that's a couple of weeks in, I'm like, wow. And, and that was just one story. I started running into people across our network where Goodwill had really poured into and provided wraparound resources so that they could find success. And that's where I realized um, this is where I was destined to be. Thank you. And, and Greg, how about your journey? Yeah, when you think about it, leadership, I had an opportunity at a young age when I decided to not really engage my college career. I had started out, I actually started out as a paper boy. I know Kent had that experience as well. And I still say that's the old school paper boy. That was a great opportunity to, to hone your interpersonal skills because you had to adapt to a variety of personalities. But it was also a great opportunity. But I worked for a restaurant, Duff Smorgasbord in Muncie, Indiana, and had an opportunity to become an assistant manager there. And so I was in a leadership role early on in my career, but then decided I went back to college and I started working in the insurance industry in various roles, claims, underwriting, and uh, had an opportunity as my career went on to move to the agency side of the business. And I really enjoyed all of those experiences, claims, underwriting, and in particular, the agency side of the business. And I thought I'd found my home for the rest of my career, not necessarily in a leadership role, though. I think all of us, no matter your role, have leadership responsibilities and opportunities. But it was interesting. I had an opportunity probably 16 years ago to play in a golf outing. And I was actually playing in a golf outing. It was FCCI's golf outing, but I was playing as an agent. And in that golf outing, I was paired with the then president of the company, GW Jacobs, and played 18 holes of golf with GW. And I will have to say it was one of the most inspirational 18 holes of golf I've ever experienced. And I remember getting in the car and calling my wife and saying, hey, I don't know, I just experienced a great day. And if I would ever think about going back to the, the carrier side of the business, I would do it with this company. And it really centered around GW talking first and foremost, not about the financial responsibilities of leadership, but uh, the relationship responsibilities. And he was very passionate about how he interacted, engaged and treated his teammates. 
for the company. And it was just very inspiring. And so it was maybe a year and a half later that I get a call to be considered for an opportunity at FCCI. And I still give a lot of credit to the leader, the RVP at the time, taking a chance on me because my resume had no leadership background other than Duff Smorgasbord in Muncie. So that was interesting going down to Sarasota, Florida and interviewing with members of our board and senior directors. And the question is now, what was your leadership background again? And I would comment that I was really a good chicken fryer and cook, but, but it all gets back to what Kent talked about early on, that relationship piece and a passion about how you want to interact and treat others. And you look back on your career, no matter the role that you had, and you observe and you see maybe how a teammate was treated or how they felt in a situation. And then you get excited about, well, if I ever have the keys to the car, how you can maybe impact that differently. We'll set aside the joke about golf and insurance because uh, <laughs> we play, you played right down the middle on that stereotype. Oh, yeah, I know. I pitched it to you, Andrew. <laughs> uh, but no, both of your answers honestly came back to what you talked about off the top of you know the lessons that you learned from your parents and your grandparents about relationships and hard work and both of your career experiences before your current roles informed kind of the type of leaders that you are. And since I know... Both of you, I'll, I'll tee up this next question, which is you talked about the inspiration of seeing your former high school colleague friend that you'd lost track of and that goodwill had given him opportunity to create the life that he wanted to create. And both of you are in organizations that value bringing people in and giving them opportunity. And I, I'm just kind of curious if as, as brothers, not necessarily as leaders, if that's something that you've ever talked about of how you bring people into your respective industries and give them opportunity and ability to, to grow and learn. Yeah, we, and first I'll say, I've never forgiven Greg for leaving Duff's because <laughs> there was this benefit you as a family member, you could eat there for a dollar and I would ride my moped to Duff's and, and throw down uh, when he left that benefit left. So <laughs> My future health probably thanks him. But I would say Greg and I do talk quite a bit about our respective jobs. And, and we spent a lot of time comparing notes, especially in this last year around COVID and how to treat people and what does it look like to listen and respond. You know, it's been some difficult times. So it's been great to have uh, a colleague and brother that you can toss ideas against. And as you're making important decisions, it's always good to have a, a listening ear. And we've always communicated as we've grown in our organizations and tossed ideas and, and benchmarked work ethic and a lot of different topics over the years. Yeah. And I, you know, I would add on to that, Andrew, both of our styles really center around genuinely caring about our team, our teammates. And with all the challenges of the pandemic, I think it was a great opportunity to just emphasize the genuine caring that we had for our teammates' well-being and really looking to understand the challenges they were facing throughout this pandemic with both on the personal side and the business side. And there was a lot of adapting as we take our organization and go 100% remote. And we'd done some BCM planning and testing to prepare. We were thinking that we were preparing for a hurricane hitting our home office in Sarasota. But as it turned out, it was different. But I think it really got back to 
I think we deepened relationships as a result of the pandemic just because it gave us an opportunity, Kent and I both, to share our leadership approach and style. Uh, really no different than we do day to day now, but it was really important during this past year. Well, thank you. Thank you both for sharing that. So uh, before we get to another serious question, since you are both from Muncie, Indiana, who's a better basketball player? Oh, no question. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take him down low every time. <laughs> Maybe when he was 18 and I was 15, but I, I think I, the speed might be a little different. These oh, days. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a challenge, Andrew. I think I deterred a challenge. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I heard a throwdown is in the works here, but let's just we make sure. Uh, in my backyard. This is insurance related. There, this is not a work-related challenge. So if either one gets injured, it's on their own. <laughs> we do need to give a shout out to the Muncie Central Bearcats, the number one best basketball team in the history of Indiana basketball. That is true. I've seen the uh, I've seen the billboards around. So, uh, so uh, Greg, to kind of pick up on something that you touched on there, which is comparing notes during COVID around leadership and mutual challenges and opportunities and pivoting. So I'd be curious from both of you, from an HR perspective, how have you learned to onboard new colleagues? And then also, what are some of the things that you learned over the last year that are absolutely going to remain central to how you lead going forward? And Greg, maybe start with you and then we'll go to Kent. Yeah, I, I think in some ways, it wasn't any different other than the mode in which you approached it. We've always felt that we've been a very strong onboarding organization, and the feedback we get really correlates to that comment. But I think we had to increase our communication even more. I know early on, not only with our new hires, but all of our teammates, we were checking in daily. And that check-in was really, for me, a big important point of that check-in was to bring some levity to a very serious situation. Number one, we always check first to make sure everybody's well-being and was healthy and that everyone was doing well. But then we tried to bring in some levity and you, you tie that into the onboarding. You were, you're making connections, right? Early on with a new teammate, they don't know uh, a lot about you maybe individually. So it, it takes some time to build a rapport, build trust. And I think levity or humor is a good way to start that connection. Uh, especially maybe if you direct it back at yourself a little bit and have some fun. And so we did a lot of things with trivia, throwback Thursday, asking folks to uh, submit old photos. And, you know, I was at the forefront of that and I would always pick photos that maybe would give folks an opportunity to laugh at me or with me, whatever you want it to be. There still may be an old Cub Scout photo floating around here that folks still bring out from time to time. But I think that ability to connect with your teammates, whether they're new or existing teammates, and have some fun with it. We have a very serious responsibility in our roles, a lot of accountability. We have results that we are accountable for as well. But it really gets back to how do you build those relationships? And if those relationships are deep and they have a little fun along the way, I think it impacts your results in a positive way. So. I think for us, the onboarding increased communication and really having some fun along the way helped. Thank you. Kent, how about you? Yeah, I, I would say similar similar type exercises. For us, it's we've got 108 sites in, in 39 Indiana counties, 4,200 uh, employees. We're onboarding folks 
literally every day. Uh, so one, I, I do have a video that's that's played for all those folks. I would say, you know, team leader on up, which is our uh, where our leadership starts in our various, you know, whether it's a school or uh, retail or commercial services or contract manufacturing. We do a monthly, which is now a Zoom. It used to be live, but we went Zoom during COVID and we do a monthly orientation that I lead with all of the, the leadership that comes on board. And, and like Greg said, you know, I love to have fun with that. You know, it's an hour. It's just really no agenda. Just gives me an opportunity to get to know some of our folks and them an opportunity to know me, as well as ask questions about the organization, because this is within their first month. They've gone through their site-specific orientation, but now it's about the organization and our mission and what drives us. And uh, so I really enjoy that time every month to spend with our, our new leaders across the organization and really just explain what goodwill means to me and uh, what I hope it will mean to them. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, so, Greg, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here because Goodwill kind of quarter their mission is providing opportunity in a number of the areas that they serve, whether that be education, prenatal health, the employment side, career development, like that's who Goodwill is, right? So you and I both work in insurance and that should be corridor mission, but isn't always corridor. I guess knowing that you don't have 4,200 associates that you work with insurance, we have a much lower employment headcount, but how do you approach that opportunity challenge? Obviously you have deep family values that you talked about earlier that kind of have informed both of your careers. How do you approach that challenge knowing that you don't have as direct an ability as Kent to kind of impact that? Yeah, so I think it, it gets a little bit back to what we talked about in connecting with our team. We have we have what we call our eight pillars, and our eighth pillar is charitable giving. And so where can we make an impact back to our communities? And we really provide an opportunity for our teammates to participate in that. And I do it once a month as well with our teammates. And I, I don't have 4,200 teammates I'm responsible for, but it's called Catching Up with Kramer. And it's a little roundtable forum, and we bring eight to ten different teammates from different disciplines within the company in to have a lunch with me. And before the pandemic, we would just go into a conference room and have a, a lunch catered in. During the pandemic, we kept it going through Zoom, but we would have Grubhub delivered to the teammates selected and have lunch. And again, that lunch has no agenda other than to share our passion behind our charitable giving, opportunities that way. But we also play a game, and it's a takeoff from a game we play at our house. I have an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old at dinner, and it's called the juice box game. And so it's a game where you go around the table, and if the juice box is in front of you, you get to pick a topic. And so we do the same thing in our Catching Up with Kramer meetings, and the teammates get to come up with a topic, but then everyone else participating in that lunch gives their response. And I will tell you, I think it's gone such a long way to get to understand teammates better, have teammates across disciplines, learn something about a teammate. We have things come up that people that have worked together for 10, 15 years didn't know about someone through this game. And it's helped, I think, really energize some of the relationships within our office. And then we see that go out into the Midwest Food Bank, or we do stuff at Goodwill, where they're out there together, really making a difference and impacting our communities. And uh, it, it's just a fun thing that we've been able to do 
that I think while we don't directly impact as many lives as maybe Kent's organization has an opportunity to, we're trying to, to do our part with that as well. I've definitely heard a couple of themes throughout this, which is control what you can control, common humanity and relationships. But before we get to the lightning round, I'm going to put both of you on the spot as brothers. And I'd, I'd just be curious, what is the one thing each of you admire in your brother's relationship with employees or leadership skills that you strive to be able to emulate? Greg, since you went first last time, Kent, I'll put you on the spot first. What is the one thing about Greg that you admire and try to emulate? Yeah, Andrew, Greg just told the story about his juice box with Kramer. That's I'm going to rename that juice box <laughs> with Kramer. He told me about that, at, you know, a couple years ago. And I always try and glean things off of him and the way he uh, treats his team, the way he cares for his uh, folks, and honestly, steal ideas just like that. So I have a breakfast once a month with seven or eight leaders and basically follow the same the same pattern that he does. I this is the first I'm hearing about the juice box idea. So that, you know, that may be, I may incorporate that into my, my breakfast, but I've always admired Greg and the way he treats his employees, whether that was at Duff's or when he works at Racks or in, in the insurance industry, I see that he cares for them and has respect for all. And I've seen it uh, do well for him. So I've tried to emulate that myself. Greg, how about you? I think when I think of Kent, my admiration. So as an older brother, I think about my relationship with him and my younger brother, Keith, and some of the things that we've gone through in life together. And when I think about leadership and Kent, it really starts with my admiration for him as a dad. And some of the things that I've seen over the years in, in raising four just wonderful children, three three nieces and a nephew that I, I couldn't be more proud of. And you get to have one of those moments a couple of weeks ago when, when Gabby was married to one of his daughters. And so I, I always look at Kent from a leadership standpoint and how he was a leader and a dad in his home. But then he translates that directly to his leadership style with his teammates at Goodwill. And I was so thrilled for him when he had an opportunity to get this position at Goodwill because I know his passion and there's not a better fit for that role and to have an impact in our communities than Kent for that. And yeah, the same thing though, I'm always looking and observing. He has a tremendous work ethic and passion around what he does. And, uh, as an older brother, big brother, I'm really proud of it. Well, that's a great way to end the conversational portion of this. And we'll pivot over to the lightning round here. And I'll ask each of you four questions. There are no wrong answers, only long answers. First question is, uh, Kent, what would we find on your car radio? Alternative 80s music. Uh, Greg, how about you? Tom Petty Radio. I love Tom Petty. I can tell both of you are serious XM subscribers. I'm equally guilty there. All right, Greg, we'll start with you here. What would we find on your bedside table? Oh, right now, the first thing I always think of is a picture of my kids. And I'm actually reading the Bobby Slick Leonard autobiography, the former coach of the Indiana Pacers, who passed away Boom recently. Baby. Boom, baby. With four kids and a busy life, it's probably a remote control. We grab 30 minutes, 60 minutes at the end of, at the e end of the evening to catch up on a show. Well, honesty, appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Kent, we'll start with you here. Cats or dogs? 
Dogs. Greg? Dogs all the way. <laughs> all right. All right. And so last question, and you guys can, you, you might be able to, to team this one up, which is what is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Greg? <laughs> am, am I first on this one? Yeah. I, I give yeah. you the opportunity, put yeah. each other on the spot and or give the same answer. I think it's it's a, an easy one, but don't listen to respond, listen to understand. Yeah, and, and mine's really simple and it, it just treat people as you'd like to be treated. Both excellent pieces of advice. Kent Kramer, Greg Kramer, I've really enjoyed this. As I said at the top, this is the first time we've not just had three people in a conversation, but to have brothers on. I've enjoyed it. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully our listeners get something out of it. And just again, both of you sincere thank you and best wishes to Goodwill of Central and Southern Indiana and FCCI. So with that, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for the opportunity, Andrew.